Saturday. On these airwaves, my name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Hunter Sense News Talk Station 107.3 FM. 1480 AM. KYOS, come on. Schumer said. Winton. Elnido. Legrand. And our friends over there in Los Banos. So happy to have you here with us Saturday morning, the bonus. Half hour, 9 o'clock, and guess what day it is? January 22nd, that's right. It's a new show. Uh, that we haven't had in a while in the bonus half hour. We've been busy since the first of the year, a little under the weather. I don't know if it's the cron, the Omicron, or what, but uh, there's a, there's something going around, a record infection rate. Let's see, we got to get ready to... Dave Luna, our buddy Dave Luna, thoughts and prayers go out to him. You want to listen to the show tonight. Cruising with the big kahuna. Dave Luna, 5 to 6 o'clock. Really appreciate everything that he does here, not only for his channel, but for K-Y-O-S. Let's see. Oh, that's where we're at. Anyway, here we are, 9 o'clock. The bonus half hour. We've been busy. A little under the weather. Had, uh, had some breaks in the morning news during the week, but we are getting back with it. And I came in this week to interview... Former Sheriff Mark Pazin, uh, a lot of folks know Mark lost his father, John, right before the first of the year, actually the last day of last year. The services are going to be held next Friday, the 21st of January, over at OLM, Our Lady of Mercy there at 21st and Canal at 10 a.m. I would encourage folks to get there a little early. I think it'll be very busy. There is a reception afterward. Let me make sure I get this right. At the Merced uh, Merced Elks Lodge, which is just right over here by the station on the corner of M Street and... What are we on? 19th. M and 19th, Merced Elks Lodge. Uh, so, just wanted to pass that along. Of course, really big loss to the community. Uh, losing John Pays and Nada, his wife, they were an inseparable pair around town for so many years. No, of course, Nada passed away. There were some great pictures. Uh, Nada passed away uh, about a year ago. Uh, we were talking about that, uh, I think it was March or so. Anyway, the uh, paper had, the Merced County Times had some wonderful pictures, and there's one where they're uh, shown enjoying a night out on the town with friends and family, and it's just a the way I remember them, and of course, I, I learned a lot talking to Mark. He came in in the 8 o'clock hour and uh, talked about a lot of things, what he's doing, and some of the uh, memories of his parents. If you want to hear that, you can go to 1480kyos.com, podcast banner there on the top. Click on that. All the shows are there. So really appreciate him coming in. Of course, last week's guest, Jer Gregans with the Merced Yacht Club, a very, very interesting organization that's now uh, in the process, maybe maybe it's done already, a 5013C, a nonprofit. And I, I have to give those folks credit with what they do. I ran into somebody uh, just the other night that had participated in one of the cleanups 
and was talking about how many people it takes to tug on a rope uh, to pull out a shopping cart that's just buried six, eight inches into the mud. And uh, you can imagine how much that weighs and to get those out. And that's not just one they do. They do, I think Jerry was saying, uh, 70-some the last effort down in the creek. So, again, a big shout-out to the Merced Yacht Club out there trying to keep our waterways and byways clean. That's kind of their focused uh, focus. Bike paths, I think, are also included in that. I saw another group on Facebook. I can't remember the name. I know the mayor was out there walking. They were cleaning up down around, I believe, the theater downtown. And, of course, we have Restore Merced, which is the state, or excuse me, city uh, sponsored through your trash collection fees, uh, the effort to get folks back into mainstream life by teaching them those life skills like waking up on time to show up to a job. And uh, so there's a lot of efforts out there, and I really have to, uh, you know, thank the nonprofits. And Restore Merced is a nonprofit uh, for out there trying to uh, trying to make Merced a little bit better. Of course, uh, getting to the root of the problem is always uh, one way to go, too. And I know it's uh, easier said than done. And we look at some of the quote-unquote accomplishments where at least Caltrans is maintaining the homeless camp along the freeways by picking up the trash regularly. Abating it, that's just not in the future right now. So we go on. There was also a friend of mine went to a really nice presentation by Bruce Metcalf at the, I thought I had that here, the Merced, what used to be the Merced Rescue Mission. I think they call it the mission now. I'm not sure. Out there on Cone Avenue. I was unable to attend. I had a previous engagement. But it's coming along. He had hoped to be open by now, but again with construction delays and COVID and trying to get materials, that sort of thing. They're really, really close. And you can see uh, the vision, a beautiful kitchen facility. They have a, a dorm for veterans, which I understand is a permanent placement. Uh, There's no time limit. And then they have some temporary facilities for families, others, uh, kind of transient occupancy to get folks on their feet. So the respite uh, mission, the the Bruce Metcalf's efforts over there, with a lot of others, a lot of other people are helping. But he's been heading that up over on Cone Avenue, just outside the city limits. But I think the city has been uh, very cooperative, helping him with some services, that sort of thing. Again, it's a cooperative effort. These homeless issues don't end at county lines or county roads or canals or things like that. They, uh, they're they everywhere, so we need to address it that way. And Bruce is doing a good job over there with his almost completed first phase of the mission. And we're going to try to get Bruce in here to talk a little bit more about that in the coming months, as we will try to get other guests as we move on through the year. It's hard to believe that January is almost over. We have one more weekend together, and then we'll be into February, another very, well, the shortest month, I think, if my MCOE math helps me help me through that. But uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to, the year is going to fly by. I was uh, talking to some folks about how fast time seems to fly. The days may go slow, but then you look up and the month is gone. The Merced City Council meeting had a meeting Monday night, excuse me, Tuesday, because Monday was a holiday, Martin Luther King Jr.'s. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, that was the day we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth, I believe. And he was quite an icon. There was the celebration downtown was 
not as big as hoped for, but it was bigger than last year because it was canceled. So it was good to see that there was an effort made, and uh, quite a few people did show up, I thought, uh, by looking at some of the video. Uh, but the Merced City Council meeting was delayed one day because of that holiday. So Tuesday they had their meeting, 6 o'clock in the chambers. Everybody was there except for uh, Echeverria, District 2. Uh, Fernando Echeverria was not there. I uh, didn't see him on Zoom either. Uh, they had the COVID spacing going back on, which I can understand with the record number of infections we have here in the county. We Thank goodness we're not in the tier system or we would be uh, cl- shut down and and locked down tight. But the uh, COVID spacing was there on the dais. They were spread out onto the side wings and a chair in between them all. The public comment portion of the meeting uh, talked about Parks and Recreation Director, a new Parks and Recreation Director, Chris Jensen, coming to the city, was introduced to the council and the public. He has a behavioral health background, comes from the county. And uh, the thing that he said, he said he wants to lead for a couple of years at least. And I'm hoping it's more than a couple of years at least. But I understand he's working on a doctorate or some sort of, I think, public administration uh, degree. And so maybe, you know, there's there's bigger things in his future. But we haven't had a Parks and Recreation Director for a, a while, an appointed person. So this was nice to see that position being filled. And again, I hope that Mr. Jensen is successful and can lead for... Uh, well, as long as as long as he wants, there was uh, one public comment about the California School Employees Association and uh, having some issues, some labor issues, I guess, with Merced Union High School District. And I don't really understand quite why that was a City of Merced item. And then we got to the consent calendar. There was uh, three or four items pulled. One of them with some new sidewalks that are going to be put in over by John Muir. That's over between G and M Street over there by the old Mercy Hospital uh, up against the railroad tracks, the other side of the tracks from the Amtrak station. That area is an older area of town and doesn't have sidewalks. And sidewalks are very conducive, especially when you have a school and you're trying to get children from point A to point B. And sidewalks here in Merced, as you know, are sporadic in some of the older parts of town. There's been great efforts uh, through safe routes to schools, some of these air pollution mitigation, CMAC dollars uh, that go to uh, providing sidewalks so that people can get out of cars, makes it more conducive to pedestrian traffic. The problem is that some of the older parts of town, especially over by John Muir, are very, very tight, let's say, between the street and the houses, the property lines, the easements. And I think folks are probably surprised to find that, hey, there are easements. And uh, even though the city may not have enforced it or used it, it's theirs and they are now to put in these new sidewalks. And so there's a lot of trees and concerns, landscaping issues, just, you know, encroachment basically that the neighborhood was concerned about. And I have to give the council credit uh, for working with the neighbors the city department, I believe engineering, uh, don't know who all was involved in the negotiations, but to placate the neighbors as best they could. You know, a win-win is is probably what was achieved here. There's only a, f- a handful of trees, older trees that are being removed. They're trying to keep the character of the neighborhood in a, in a truly tight area and realize we are in Tree City, USA. Sometimes I 
jokingly call it clear cut USA with all the tree cuts we all the trees we've lost and had to cut down over the years through the drought but that area of town still has a lot of uh, a lot of mature uh, specimens over there and hopefully they can keep as many as they can so they approved the project and they they pulled out just to let folks know that they had really done a lot of uh, a lot of effort over there the uh, other item they had let's see the other consent items uh, were pretty pretty mundane then they went into i1 which is a development over at t street i believe it's three or four lots over on t street which is what t-u-v or q-r-s-t maybe it's r street or s i can't remember anyway it was right over there between r and t uh, the 500 block and they are taking about four and a half acres and building it into 16 units when this first came before the i think it was the planning commission approved the project but it was never codified i didn't really understand uh, what the problem was why it didn't proceed but it was apartments and some folks had a problem with that uh, more apartments the density now it's gone to an ownership condos yeah, same basic plan same basic idea four buildings of four units two-story with uh, not a pitched roof but kind of a slant roof very very uh i like the design uh, the city staff said it looked a little busy but again when you uh, build for affordability affordability by design it does get a little busy you have to utilize the space uh, very efficiently but it's still allowed off-street parking uh, gated parking uh room for the trash enclosures and stuff where they're not out in the open and a little bit of a common area where folks could feel like they uh, you know have some ownership of their own lot but 16 you know fairly small lots so i thought it was a really good project uh, again it had developed from an apartment complex into basically condos and it was really a new way to look at development development services uh, scott mcbride was very excited about it and uh, again I, I think some of the criticism that was brought up later in the meeting by some of the public comment that look it may be affordable by design but it's not affordable housing per se and again this is a, a private developer that's developing a private lot there's no government subsidy here there's no hud component and i think we need to realize that it takes a mix of development a mix of uh inventory if you will different types of product we haven't built condos here in merced for many many years and so this is uh, really refreshing uh, to see basically a condo is an apartment you buy. And for some people, it's just the right thing. It gives them uh, ownership in the neighborhood, allows them to build equity. Uh, all of those things that the American dream of home ownership, no matter what it may be, especially in these challenging times of cost, I think is a good thing. And I empathize with the folks that say we need more affordable housing, but you have to look at what's been done to date. There's been hundreds of units approved uh, as recently as the last council meeting uh, over uh, in the same area on uh, V Street, the old Motel 6 over there. The extended stay is being converted from, you know, 90 some units now to 80 units of affordable housing. And again, I think there's a, a, a big inventory, a big mix here in Merced that's coming down the pipeline and we can't throw rocks at every single project. But Again, I think some of the comments were tempered with, we bring this up so that it doesn't fall out of the public eye. And I can tell you, I think development services over there at the city of Merced is uh, doing all they can to utilize the 
federal dollars that we have to build, quote unquote, affordable housing. And when you start building this housing with prevailing wage and some of the requirements, uh, the onerous contract requirements that are necessary to get this federal money and state money, you're looking at three to four hundred thousand dollars as high as a half a million dollars a door. And that's uh, kind of the way to divide it out into what you get. You know, how many doors, how many apartments, how many units do we get for that money? And the Childs and B project is a good example. It's almost completed, a huge, huge project, and uh, very, very expensive and takes a long time. So when we have a private developer coming along to develop these three or four lots over there on uh, S Street, I think it's something that is. Uh, really, uh, really good to see, especially when it looks at infill development. I couldn't help but notice on the Google map as they showed the presentation that there's a, a lot of other lots that are available in that area. And even though there was some concern about the zoning change that was talked about, uh, going from an R16 to a low-medium density, uh, the concern was, well, hey, is this going to be prevalent? Is this, is this what's going to go forward? And the answer was, well, they want to see what happens on this one, uh, but it's a new way to look at development, and if it works out, maybe so. And I think we have to be open to those higher densities uh, than maybe we see in the existing areas. Not Again, not going to the extreme, but to, again, have a balance. And I think that's what smart growth in Merced should look like. And I think that project is representative of it. So it was good to see that approved and moving on, and that will give 16 people the opportunity to invest in the community of South Merced. They had the reports uh, section of the meeting. One of the big things, I didn't get to watch the whole meeting, and we're probably not going to have enough time to cover the whole meeting, but the ARPA money, the American Recovery Plan Act or whatever, kind of probably butchering the acronym there, but it was the, the federal uh, love that came directly to the city and it comes in two tranches, and uh, we needed Mayor Serrato with his legal Latin background to tell us what a tranche is, which is evidently a French word for slice. So we're getting our first uh, slice of the money, or maybe we already received it. I think it's about 13 point some million dollars. And of course, the question has been, besides raises for the city workers and all of the things that were necessary to deal with the COVID, where should the rest of it go? And one, one big area they talked about was giving, uh, they had carved out a million dollars to give to the essential workers that were affected, most affected by the COVID pandemic. And specifically folks that maybe didn't receive any other kind of compensation through either unemployment or, you know, any of the other uh, government programs, which there were so many of. One of the folks that came up and talked about uh, essential workers was the home health care. Uh, workers, which I understand, you know, had to be very, very difficult, even more so during the COVID uh, to take care of folks uh, that are homebound and, you know, really can't go anywhere. And, and now you really can't go anywhere with the COVID. But just this week, I saw where the state of California is sending out or has sent out a $500 check to these home health care workers. So, you know, it's it's difficult to see if all of the money has really been distributed yet on the state and federal level, but the city of Merced is being asked to distribute a million dollars to folks here in Merced, residents of Merced City. And the uh, discussion centered around, I guess in the staff report, it was $500 per person, 
wasn't really based on a, you know, what do you do? Or if you're very, very low poverty or, you know, middle po I don't know, you know, the different uh, percentages of the federal poverty, poverty level. And some of the uh, programs that are currently in existence on the federal and state level are very generous, three, four hundred percent of the federal poverty level. And a couple of the speakers talked about uh, maybe using a percentage of that and having a sliding scale. So somebody that says, says maybe he makes only $4,000 a year would get, say, $1,500 instead of $500. And somebody that makes, you know, ten, twelve thousand, dollars which is not much, maybe they would get, you know, the $500 uh, uh, stipend. And so the, the devil's in the details. What requirements are there with ID? What ID is acceptable? Uh, what sort of uh, proof of income? You know, is it a paycheck stub at the end of the year? Is it your tax returns? And then just the fear of uh, some people, some of the, uh, you know, essential workers, especially in the undocumented community, uh, being fearful of coming up and trying to get the money even in the first place. So there was a lot of back and forth on the council uh, about what is an essential worker. Uh, the city manager brought a report, I believe it was from Workforce Investment or one of the local groups about, uh, essential workers and there's it's a very very broad brush and when you start uh, like health care so some people on the council said well you're talking about doctors we're going to give doctors 500 bucks and it's like no but still they are essential workers so when you talk about who is impacted by COVID-19 everybody was to what degree well that's where it gets into uh, a lot of uh, subjective analysis and then when you hand out a million dollars which really is not a lot of money when you look at the uh, population of Merced, 88,000 people. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that, uh, what uh, you know, what suggestions they take. They're going to come back and get, uh, get some more information to the council. Another interesting thing was utility relief. I've been a big believer that they should use some of this money to help some of the folks that weren't able to pay their water and sewer bills. It's amazing how much that's gone up, almost a 20% delinquency rate, uh, over a million dollars now. Uh, in uh, in delinquencies over there at the city water and sewer department, three hundred residential accounts have a balance between one and four thousand dollars, which is crazy. They're not uh, enforcing penalties. They haven't enforced payments since February of twenty twenty, which by my math is coming up on two years. So there's a lot of folks out there that haven't been paying their water bills, and I would imagine uh, a lot of it is because of lack of work, lack of employment. Uh, having to take care of family members, children, that sort of thing. The city has applied for some state money. They still have not heard back. So the question is, do we take the money now that we have, take care of those bills, but you know, what if we get it from the state? So the idea was, hey, maybe hang on a little bit longer, see if we can get some more money. Of course, administrating these programs, the city asked for $100,000 uh, so that they could hire more staff or engage nonprofits to help them distribute this money. And that, again, a lot of folks push back on because, uh, you know, there's administrative fees. And when you say you're going to give a million dollars to the people, let's make it a million dollars, not 900000 and and 100000 bucks for administrative fees. But there is uh, the cost of doing business, and you just can't get away from that, even in government. Unfortunately, we're out of time for the bonus half hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. So happy that you spent a little time with us. Again, next Friday, 10 a.m., services for John Payson over at OLM 21st and Canal. We'll see you next week. 
My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hold each other tight, folks. We'll be back. Cause I can't love you more than my hometown. Like the train tracks, city sky ain't the same black. Ain't that?